0: KXNO Come on A oh baby don't you want to go Come on A oh baby don't you want to go Back to that same old place Sweet home in Chicago
1: all right, welcome back into the 11 o'clock hour. It's Miller and Condon as we take you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO and now on the FM dial at 106.3 FM. Still to come, Vinnie Iyer from the Sporting News. But right now, uh, he's David Kaplan. Off we go to Chicago. He's sponsored by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Cap, as always, Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on, Cap. How's things?
0: I am great. Good morning. How are you guys?
1: Doing well. You know, let's, uh I guess, go to the All-Star game first before we get into all the baseball. Uh, the city showed out well, I think, other than the uh, Shaka Khan uh, National Anthem. A very memorable finish to the game. I remember last summer, Cap, asking you about the Elam ending uh, in the tournament, and you hadn't seen it yet. Uh, of course, it was on full display on Sunday night. Your thoughts on the Elam ending and what this might mean to the game, I don't know if it's an NBA piece or a college basketball piece, but your thoughts on the Elam ending.
0: I loved it. I actually thought it was awesome. I thought that it was competitive and guys were selling out for the charitable aspect. Yeah, I, I absolutely loved what it was. I don't think that's something you could bring to the regular season. I really don't, but I do think for in that vein... The other All-Star games are not going to look and go, boy, how can we be like that? Cause it was
2: awesome. Fourth quarter was awesome. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we, we see normally the All-Star game last couple of minutes if it's close to guys playing, but we got at least a full quarter of that. You know, the biggest element for me, Cap, that I don't like about the Elam ending is not the free throw and the way it can end that way as it did in the All-Star game, but you don't get a buzzer beater. There's no buzzer, and there's just there is something visceral for me. Hearing that horn go off with the ball in the air and that's gone with the Elam ending, and that to me is the biggest knock against it.
0: Yeah, the buzzer thing doesn't bother me at all because you know when it's one fifty four, one fifty four. Oh man, they hit a three; it's over. Mm-hmm. I don't need to hear the buzzer to know that's a buzzer shot. That's you know, it's it. Boom, he hits it; it's over. Uh, they, I would like to see them find a way to not allow. A free throw to end it, mm-hmm. but I have no problem that there's no
1: buzzer. Yeah, it kind of felt like a walk off walk in baseball <laughs> with the free throw,
0: Cap. Let's get to uh,
1: let's get to baseball, and uh, we had you the uh, the day the story broken with the Astros, and you thought that they should strip the title, and I wasn't ready to go there yet. I certainly am now, Cap, and I think a lot of players uh, feel the same way. I mean, the fact that these players are coming out and saying some of the stuff that they are—it's unheard of them to you know to pile on another team, but this is cheating, and they won't. Go for that, Cap, which is refreshing. Rob Manfred can't get out of his own way. A little me a culpa yesterday after calling the commissioner's trophy simply a piece of metal 48 hours ago. It's been handled incredibly poorly. What's the end game here, Cap? Is it just going to be back and forth between the players and the Astros, or will something be done? I'm not so sure it will. Where are you? Uh,
0: Where am I on what's the next step? Yes. I mean, look, can he go back and repunish them? I don't know that the answer to that. uh, I keep reading, I read something this morning where it's no chance because the Players Association would protest. Uh, Hold on a second. You're telling me the Players Association is going to take the side of a bunch of crooks as opposed to the 96% of players that are weighing Mm -hmm. in from the ridiculous Nick Marcakis comment, they all need a beating, which I found funny, but you can't say that. And the John Lester, obviously Rob Manford never played, to Mike Trout firing on these guys, to Chris Bryant firing on these I mean, they're getting it from all sides, and it's not going to let up, and they're always going to have a tainted World Series. But when Dallas Keuchel has the gall to stand up there and say, we earned that World Series, no shot. That's why you have to
2: strip it. There's so much negativity going on. Are are you, you've been inside the game, you know things and and the deeper level of kind of that player's code where you don't throw guys under the bus in the way that we're seeing. Are you surprised about the vitriol coming the Astros' way from so many different players?
0: Uh, I guess I'm surprised by how vocal so many have Mm -hmm. been. You know, I thought most guys would be like, you know what, I'm leaving that to the hierarchy, the powers that be, but because the penalties were so ridiculously weak, they, look, Jim Crane embarrassed himself. He really did. He did a horrible job at that press conference, and everyone watching it knew it. And when he tried to make it seem like these poor young boys that (laughs) were led astray by these two rogue employees, A.J. Hinch and Jeff Lunau, please, that's a joke. And I just think Rob Manfred... Shows how out of touch he is with his rank and file of his players, and I really think I did a poll on my Twitter account. I got over ten thousand votes. Wow! And eighty-three percent said that it, they should strip the title. So I wouldn't give it to the Dodgers. I would simply leave it blank. Blank. Yep, that's exactly what I do. Because what happened to Ben Johnson when he cheated to win the, the hundred meters? Stripped. Mm-hmm. How about Lance Armstrong? Stripped you cheat to win, you didn't win, you're
1: out. Yep, they didn't give the uh, Heisman to the runner-up uh, the year Reggie Bush won it. So I'm with you, Cap, and I've come around and I wasn't uh, willing to uh, go down that path with you when it first broke, but I certainly am now. So let's get to the here and now. Chris Bryant said, camp, you mentioned it, that he was very... Outspoken how he felt about the cheating scandal. He also made it pretty clear that after speaking with Theo, he believes he's going to be a cub, uh, at least till the end of the season, which tells me a couple of things, Cap, that there was some serious kicking of the tires as far as moving on from Chris Bryant. And do you think that Theo, knowing, you know, not knowing how the season's going to play out, can legitimately give this guy, um, you know, yes, you will be here till the end of the season. Kind of, kind of talk. I'm not so sure he can, but it seems like there's, there was something there, Cap.
0: You absolutely cannot give him an assurance on that because you don't know in the next five seconds what phone call comes in and you go, "You're offering who? Okay, we're in." So you can't do that. Uh, look, they, if they don't get under the luxury tax this year and reset, then you better win the World Series. Because if you don't reset, what's the next winter going to be? You're going to violate it for a third year, and by doing that you lose draft pick compensation? Come on. No chance. That would be utterly stupid to spend the entire winter not improving your team to the point where you think you can win the World Series, but also not using that chance then to get under the luxury tax. It would literally be one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. And I thought it was dumb you know, bringing Starlin Castro up two weeks before they would have gotten uh, to, to not have to pay him as uh, an arbitration guy for an entire year. That was dumb. This would be completely hmm. idiotic.
2: I saw a quote from uh, Joe Madden as he's with Angels Camp, of course, and he was talking about his pitching coach, Mickey Calloway, makes the pitching, pitching decisions. Mike Gago, his bench coach, makes the lineup decisions. And they are asked, well, Joe, what do you do? Intellectualizing <laughs> the day and riding my bike. That's Joe Madden. He is a different kind of guy. He brought a world championship to the Chicago Cubs. But the difference between him and a very analytical front office, how bad did it get?
0: Uh, it never got bad where, oh, my God, they can't stand each other. But I could tell you there was zero. I said this to you guys last summer. Zero percent chance he was ever coming back. What they should have done was fired him before last season because they knew they weren't bringing him back and the money was already a sunk cost. There was, okay, a $4 billion franchise and that's what they're worth, close to 4000000000 billion? Can't afford to pay a manager $6 million to go away? Really? That's like nothing to them. So they should have just moved on. Instead, they tried to change him and now they're blaming him, whether it's Javi saying he wasn't ready to play, mm-hmm. Jed and Theo saying that, They didn't like the pregame approach enough. Players should be ready to play. Javi embarrassed himself with that comment, and the manager has to have more level of accountability. They needed a change. These players are also professionals. and If I show up or you guys show up, and I'm not prepared to go on the air and I say, oh, the Bulls played last night. (laughs) I had no idea. The All-Star game was in Chicago because I don't do any homework. I don't pay attention to anything. That's not on my boss, Mike Thomas. That's first and foremost on me. Capo,
1: hmm. one more on the Cubs. We want to get some White Sox stuff in here as well. Uh, Patrick Mooney in the Athletic. I know you're a subscriber. Uh, Trent and I, big fans of it. Uh, his his column or one of his columns from a couple of days ago was, and I'm paraphrasing. Essentially, this might come down to a Chris Bryant or Javi Baez decision. Do you think that uh, that Mooney's onto something? That, uh, that you know, we get to the get to a point where they're going to have to decide, do we want Baez or do we want Bryant?
0: Look, people here, you know, Chris had this interesting press conference on Saturday, and you know, obviously it was a shot at me. I I didn't see any extension put in front of me. I don't know what he's talking about. Okay, I'm just going to, I can't say this any more clearly. They had extension talks. The Boris camp wasn't interested in what the Cubs are offering. The Cubs are not, at this time, willing to give Chris Bryant seven or eight years, which would take him to age 35 or 36, all guaranteed and a full no-trade clause, and that's what it's going to take. They're going to have to give Chris Bryant an Anthony Rendon slash Nolan Arenado type deal. They're not willing to do that. They don't have to go to that level to get Javi, so... I do not believe Chris Bryant signing an extension here unless he's willing to play by the Cubs' rules. Scott Boris has made it clear when I've talked to him that star players get treated a different way and that Chris Bryant is a superstar and so that he deserves seven or eight years full no-trade clause. And again, I don't believe that that's something at this point in time Theo and Jed and Tom Ricketts are willing to entertain. And the other thing is If Chris really sat up there and said, I don't know what extension talks, I didn't see anything, then that's malpractice on the Cubs front office that you've got this impactful kid who won a MVP and is a superstar in many people's eyes, and here we are in 2020 and you've never talked extension with him. That's not true.
2: You know, I, over to the White Sox, and I was as I was going through, really like this lineup, of course, bringing Keiko in, I think that's a positive. We saw that big leak out of G- Lucas Giolito, but Reynaldo Lopez took a big step back last year. He's 26 years old. This is a guy, certainly feels like he has upside, probably going to fit in that 3-4 range in the starting rotation for the White Sox this year. Feels like a big year for Lopez. What do you think?
0: Uh, I think he has a chance because he's got good stuff, but you know which guy you're going to get game to game? No, no. Right. Because one game he'll strike out 14, and the next game you're like, where's the other guy? This guy's not that guy. So I'm not sure about Reynaldo Lopez. I'm not sure about the White Sox pitching depth. I do Mm -hmm. like Lucas Giolito a lot. I'm a little concerned when I hear Gio Gonzalez say I'm having a shoulder issue. Those are problems, and he's an older pitcher with a lot of miles on that arm. Uh, Is their bullpen – Have enough in it? Maybe. Does their rotation have enough in it? I'm not sure. I love their offense. I think they can thump with the best of them. Probably an 84-win team. Mm -hmm. That's a huge jump. I just don't think that's a World Series team yet.
1: Uh, and Cap, last thing, uh, Eloy Jimenez believes he can hit 50 home runs. Do you think he can hit 50 home runs? It certainly would be. You know, White Sox fans would love it. That uh, it seems like a pretty high mark, Cap. Can he get close to that at some point in his career?
0: Oh, well, he hit 31 and wasn't even up the first, what, almost month of the season. And it had a big adjustment where he said, I was way too anxious and Luis Roberts going to deal with the same thing. I'm not sure he's going to hit 50, but I do think he's... Uh, Thirty-five to forty home run guy like Schwarber, mm-hmm. and this is not an easy game to play. It's just not. So fifty home runs—that's—I give him credit for dreaming big. I'm going to say thirty-five to forty is much more in line, but that's still a damn good season.
1: No, no question about it. Cap. Last thing, I did say one more thing. Since you were former college basketball coach, it looks as though student athletes are going to get a a pass, a one-time transfer cap, and be eligible instantly uh your your thoughts on that way overdue long overdue and what kind of problems does it pose if any
0: well will that be only if there is a coaching change or will that be they could transfer whenever they want
1: whenever they want
0: yeah that's a horrible rule because if i sign you know a kid that the bigs don't want or for whatever reason they you pass him up and i get him and i'm at northern iowa and that kid has two outstanding years, or his freshman year, you're like, how did North Carolina Duke miss on that guy? That guy's phenomenal. And now all of a sudden, the big boys can flex their muscles and call up you know, Johnny Smith and go, dude, Northern Iowa was a nice program, but we're Duke. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Then there's no consequence to prevent trying to find a way to go around the rules to get a guy. Absolutely not. I think it's a horrible rule.
1: Uh, Cap, we'll talk to you in a week's time. Thank you, David Kaplan. Look forward to it. I'll be at a beach when you call me next Wednesday. <laughs> nice, pal. We will interrupt your vacation. Appreciate you allowing us to do that. We'll talk to you next week, buddy. Yeah. See ya Good talk to David Kaplan, uh, joining us from Chicago. Centurion Stone of Iowa uh, sponsors Cap each and every week. If you're looking for mat- manufactured or natural stone to accent or update your exterior or your interior project, any size, Centurion Stone of Iowa offers a variety of styles, patterns, and colors for your every need. Over 200 color and pattern combinations. Check them out online, CenturionStoneOfIowa.com, or visit the showroom. Uh, you'll find the showroom at 5525 Northeast. 22nd Street in Des Moines and Stone sponsors Cappy. So he's not into the uh carte blanche as far as athletes being able to transfer. I, th- I think it's going on now. I think we'd be naive to think that it's not. Right. Um they only get to do it once. They do have to, I guess, get the the letter the release from the co that I think is the
2: bigger sticking point. Because that has gone away here in recent years. With the transfer portal, you're 100% right. No longer could coaches be involved in that. And the Bo Ryan block, we're going to block everybody in the Big Ten (laughs) and everybody in the ACC and everybody, well, everybody, just because we don't want guys leaving our program. We'd have to face them again. Oh, the humanity. Well, this happens all the time. Coaches Mm -hmm. leave, and they face their former teams. It happens. In fact, watched it last night. Steve Alford, back in New Mexico. You were watching that game last night? I watched it for a little while. I had a wager on it, so that's the reason <laughs> behind it. But yeah, seeing Boy Wonder back in his old stomping grounds there in Albuquerque. Last evening. Happens all the time. It's not a big deal. College sports will adapt. You're right, precisely. And this is about the student athlete. What's mm-hmm. best for them? Are there going to be mistakes made? Absolutely, there will be. There'll be guys that transfer up and then don't play. In fact, speaking of that, I read an article ESPN Really good article talking about transfer rules. Did you realize in the Ivy League that you are not eligible to play a fifth season if you redshirt? I did not. You have four years of eligibility in the Ivy League. You're lost for a year with an injury. Too bad. You have four years. So why is that? It's just a Ivy League rule. They make the decision that you have four years. College is a four-year experience. Uh That's the way that the Ivy League looks at it. During those four years, if you're hurt, so be it. But there's a kid... I can't remember what school it was, but really good player, but will not be eligible to play his final season next year. So already he's looking around, taking visits. He's got some big programs after him. There was a California kid that played at Brown. Uh, Same thing, tore up his knee his freshman year and couldn't play his last season, his senior year. Went to USC, California kid, but he's averaging like two points a game because he thought maybe he was a little bit higher in the pecking order than Mm. he was. Now you're seeing this, and he really doesn't play anymore, and that's the unfortunate angle. And there's going to be those kind of stories, certainly that come out of this. Like, the like Capy said, a guy that looks around and says, "Boy, I could play at these big programs," and then you get there, yeah. Maybe he's good averaging 13 a game in the MVC. Yeah, and playing 32 minutes right. a game as opposed to playing
1: eight. <laughs> right. uh, uh, we'll take a timeout. Uh, Vinnie Is going to join the program. We're going to get into the veteran quarterbacks that are available. Haven't done an NFL piece since the Super Bowl, uh, so we'll uh, rectify that situation next. Uh, Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Tra- t- Trent and I take you until noon. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now on... Details. Limitations apply.
3: Ken Miller, Trent
0: Condon, Miller and Condon
3: on 1460 KXNO.
1: And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Well, we managed to last two and a half weeks. Not too bad. Without an NFL segment. Not bad for us. Ah, uh, but let's, it's about to change right now. Vinny Iyer, lead columnist for the Sporting News, covers the NFL. And Vinny joins us. Vinny, Trent, and Ken. How you been, Vinny Iyer?
3: Uh, Doing well. Thanks uh, for having me again, guys. Uh, Just getting ready for this uh, crazy uh, NFL free agency period.
1: It's about to hit the fan. Uh, You get a couple of weeks maybe to catch your breath, and then the combine and the free agency, and then schedules and then draft. It's just nonstop with that league. Uh, They're they're certainly very seldom are they out of the news. Well, and they're going to be in the news a lot here, Vinny, because I think it's, for a sports fan, for a football fan, I think it's so intriguing this year as to where some of these veteran quarterbacks a Brady, uh Cam Newton, a Phillip Rivers. We know Breeze is staying at home, but what does that mean now for Bridgewater Hill? So it's it's going to be fascinating. I guess let's stop at the start at the top of the list. It seems to me though, uh, to Vinny and I'm anxious to hear your take that Brady's gonna go through all these motions, but at the end of the day, uh, he's going to stay put.
3: Yeah, it's hard to read right now because there's not much going on in terms of talks between them. And you look at the Saints and Drew Brees, how transparent that is. I mean, he's saying, I'm back, it's, everything's good, and he knows they're going to take care of him. They don't need to worry that he's going to leave. So a lot of different relationship when you look at those two uh, quarterbacks and teams and how they're handling things. And I think Tom Brady has an ultimatum out there that you have to figure things out here if I'm going to stay. And, I, and that's the biggest thing is you look at the Patriots. I think they have to do a lot more to convince him to stay, because this team really needs to upgrade its offense in a lot of ways. I and mean, They tried last year with Nikhil Harry in the first round, but this receiving core was very limited. They had some issues in the offensive line. They need to uh, just kind of commit to building a team around him that he feels he can win with at the highest level. Right now, that's uh, really hard to do. And uh, I think he can find some better support systems elsewhere, which in New England that's never been the case, where You've had the same thing there, and I think he just wanted to test free agency once here if they're not going to be just all warm and fuzzy, especially Bill Belichick, about saying, okay, you're back, we know it, no worries, Uh, we're going to give you the one-year deal you want. That doesn't kind of happen with Tom Brady. So I think it could go either way here. The problem is the Patriots have to make a decision really on Tom Brady before they can show him how much they're committed through free agency in the draft to uh, supporting him and uh, that's the trick here, to convince him Mm. before giving him the evidence.
2: Shuffling chairs is going to be incredible to watch, and especially if that domino does fall. One of the potential landing spots that's been bandied about is Dallas. Dak Prescott, free agency upon him. He can be franchise tagged. Is that the direction ultimately you think the Cowboys are going to go with him?
3: I think that's something they'll consider. They also have Amari Cooper to worry about as well. So if they can get the deal done with Dak, I think that's ideal, and they certainly have the money. I mean, I think people look at how do they have the money? Well, you look at some of the big contracts they have off the books, but I mean, really they're going to be rebuilding quite a bit on defense here, switching to Mike Nolan. They had some retro- uh, contracts there, and the Michael Bennett and uh, Robert Quinn and Malik Collins, some of these guys that are going to be definitely out the window here, so that gives them some flexibility. They probably will lose Byron Jones, but I think they'll be okay with that. He's a pretty good corner, but doesn't make a ton of plays for being a pretty good corner so given that I think they'll just focus on Prescott and uh, Cooper I think they're tied together because we know how good Amari Cooper has been with Dak Prescott and what he's meant for Dak as a go-to guy so they just have to figure out a way to make those deals happen and come together and we know they came and got a deal done and figured it out the out math and uh, made Ezekiel Elliott happy so I think in some form, Dak is going to be happy. I think if it's a franchise tag, it's going to be that exclusive one where it's around $33 million. Not bad. Cause that's mm. an all-guaranteed early. If Dak uh, can trust himself to be durable, it's not the worst situation because it, it's going to raise his uh, tag value exponentially next year. And when you put those together, you're probably looking at uh, more than $70 million <laughs> guaranteed over two years. So that's the number. You have to figure out uh, where am I going uh, as a Dak To me, I think he's a guy that's going to play through franchise tag. He's just that type of guy in terms of being a team player, locker room guy. He's not going to do something. It's too selfish when you know that if you're a durable quarterback and the 33 is guaranteed for a year, that then you can really break the bank and match the market. And I think part of the thing that's holding this up is I think you want to know where that ceiling is with Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) So if you have that Parameter here, and then you have the Carson Wentz and Jared Goff contracts, then Dak knows exactly where he can be slotted. And I think that's the Concern here is not getting too far behind Mahomes when he resets the market,
1: mm, and he's going to reset the market. Uh, Vinny, of the four, our four local teams here, and you just mentioned Patrick Mahomes. I'm pretty sure they're comfortable with him in Kansas City. Likewise, in, uh in Green Bay, Rogers did not go anywhere. I don't think Minnesota can afford to do anything with Kirk Cousins, at least maybe until next year. Although that's not to say that he can't have a you know breakout year for Kirk Cousins and lead this team, but. Uh, over in Chicago, Vinny, uh, it doesn't seem like they're, like Mitchell Trubisky is being fondly embraced, certainly by the fans and maybe not by the team of the veteran quarterbacks. Here in some Andy Dalton potentially, and I'm not sure that that gets anybody pumped up. Phillip Rivers is, was a great quarterback, but he's clearly at the end. Is there a veteran QB in your mind that makes sense? Maybe it's Alex Smith if he, his rehab goes well. Is there a veteran QB that makes sense in Chicago?
3: Well, I think with Chicago, I think you have to assess how good your defense can be. And if everyone's healthy, Akeem Hicks comes back, and you get your uh, secondary looking good, and it, there's not too many decisions there you have to make in terms of keeping the strength of your defense intact. I think there's a few things they could do. Maybe they move on from Leonard Floyd, give them a little bit of uh, flexibility there as well. So uh, I think you have to determine, is everything else in place here to win a championship? And if it is, you might be a little bit more aggressive there with what you choose or if you say okay we have this we just need a caretaker type do we look at Andy dog do we look at teddy bridgewater that middle of the road guy versus going for the ceiling of uh say training for cam newton or making something happen there so i think you have to determine how much you can win right now just the defense running game aspects i, I think the bears certainly need a quarterback who can maybe lift them more than people would think. And they've got some good weapons when you look at it. if you got Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller. Maybe uh, they get healthier tight end and can produce there, but David Montgomery I think will have a better year in year two running the ball for them. So overall, I think the Bears have to assess, are they a team that wants to just say we want to go all in, we have a team that can be a quarterback away from a championship, or do we just – want to uh, have some steadier play at quarterback, have a chance for ceiling here. So there's it, it, a lot to uh, digest there and how far you can go to Mitchell Trubisky and who's going to take you to where you want to be with the rest of your roster.
2: You mentioned a little bit earlier My, Mari Cooper, and he's going to be one of the wide receivers to watch. What about A.J. Green? Coming off, for all intents and purposes, mm. a lost season in Cincinnati. I know they can still franchise him. Do you anticipate that that could be a route that's going to go, or do you think that he's going to hit the open market here? And what kind of contract is A.J. Green going to be looking at in the open market?
3: Well, I think you're probably looking at uh, $15 16 million, $16 right now. I mean, that's the way the top of the market is. But is A.J. Green a top-of-the-market wide receiver anymore? I mean, he is going to be 31. We know rec- receivers kind of fall off there, especially now coming off an ankle injury that wiped out the entire season. So, this one is a buyer beware situation. I think he has to go to a team that is more established as a contender. So maybe like a New England or a San Francisco where he can actually make come in and make a big difference there. I don't think he's going to go to a rebuilding team. I think you look at Cincinnati, it's not a bad spot for him because if Joe Burrow comes in, you got Tyler Boyd in there, maybe Auden Tate takes a bigger step step this year as a third receiver. You got some good weapons there in Cincinnati, and he also is very interested in being the franchise leader in their receiving yards over uh, Chad Ochocinco slash Johnson. So there's that looming as well with uh, AJ Green. So I think you want to be careful if you're going to sign AJ Green for an outside team. You have to look no more than two years based on his age here, and that complicates things. I think people forget a lot about age when you're looking at uh, free agency because. I'd rather go after someone who's 25, 26, like a like a Brashad Perryman or Robbie Anderson, who has some upside if they go to a better team and have shown some big playability, than maybe going older for that big name who has diminishing returns.
1: Hmm. Vinny, I from the sporting news. Well, Stephon Diggs is one of those receivers, and I guess this is how you know we, we break up today, whether it be you know in your personal life or with your team, as you uh, you erase every. Uh, every every reference to them on Instagram, which apparently he did, which kind of got under Vikings fans' skin yesterday, and they're all up in arms, that they think Diggs is looking to get out. Can he get out? He was a great pick in the fifth round for Maryland, but he was hurt uh, in his final year. When they get him the football, he's terrific, but he wants to get that football more than he has been, Vinny. Are things coming to an end for Diggs and the Vikings?
3: Well, I think it's something they should consider because a lot of teams don't have that much invested at wide receiver, and they've got two. Good ones that they're paying a lot for in their prime. I mean, Diggs can get you some good return. He's going to get you first round pick and maybe a little bit more. If you can deal him, the the contract is in line with uh, what teams might expect. And you look at, uh, again, if AJ Green and uh, Amari Cooper and Cooper probably not going to be available, Green might not be either. Then again, you're going down to the Perryman, Anderson type of tier where do you want to really trust those guys? And push forward or do you want to go shoot for the moon here and digs and he's available and of course much younger than some of the other guys there so when you think about it i mean he is going to draw a lot of interest if the vikings officially put him on the block but then what do you do for the vikings it's not like he had a terrible season i know he complained at times but he was rather uh, valuable when he was with uh kirk cousins he didn't throw the ball a lot that's something he's going to have to accept is that if you're winning with Dalvin Cook and running the ball and playing some defense and you just need to be an occasional big play threat, you just to handle that. And I think Tevon Diggs, we know like Spotlight, wants to be that old-school big play receiver that everyone looks at as the clear number one. He's had to share the Spotlight a little bit with a feeling. So I think that all might lead to uh, Diggs kind of having that tenuous relationship with the Vikings.
2: Vinny, the Chiefs got it done. They win the Super Bowl, and now... Patrick Mahomes is eligible for a contract extension. It's going to break the bank, no doubt about it. They have to re-sign other guys. Chris Jones certainly among them on the defensive side of things here. Anticipate. What are we going to get word as it's handed down? Patrick Mahomes is now the highest paid player in football history.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think he has to be the priority. And you're going to probably sacrifice someone else. That's just part of it. And part of it is you're the Chiefs. is You've already invested a lot in Frank Clark, so... Teams, if you look at it, typically do not have two high-priced pass rushers. So Chris Jones is going to be hard to keep here if you're going to find Mahomes right now. I mean, that's what they're trying to probably figure out here. How do you keep a guy like Chris Jones and uh, Mahomes together? And I think it's going to be extremely difficult because Jones himself should be like, I should go on the open market. We I mean, interior pass rushers in this league are the most uh, rare fine. I mean, there are a lot of franchise quarterbacks there that are going to break the bank, but I mean, when you look at Chris Jones, uh, there's not too many people uh, not level. When you look at that position, you look at Aaron Donald, and then you might land on Chris Jones next. I mean, in terms of being able to get to the quarterback, stop the run, do so many things there that are unique, and you can fit in all defensive fronts. I mean, he's done well in a 3-4 and a 4-3, so he's one of the most valuable players out there after the quarterback's and I don't see how he wants to stay there when he knows in the open market another team can pay him a lot more than the Chiefs. Vinny Eyer from the Sporting
1: News. Vinny, you're pumping out a lot of content, uh, 50 the free agents. Your piece uh, published this morning. If you're a fan of an NFL team, uh, Vinny Iyer's got probably your team covered as you get around them all during the offseason. Vinny, great stuff. We'll talk to you as a free agency gets closer. Thanks for coming on, as always. Appreciate it. But thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Vinny Iyer uh, from the Sporting News. Um, your Bears thinks that they've got some offensive talent there, maybe that's not mm-hmm. hasn't been able to... Uh, you know, show is as good as it has been. Maybe that's part and parcel with the quarterback play. <laughs> right. uh, Andy Dalton doesn't move your needle. Not at all. Does Philip Rivers move your needle? Not Does really. Does Cam Newton move your needle? A little bit more. Okay, I'm getting warmer, you're getting is what warmer. you're
2: saying. Keep going.
1: Uh, Dak Prescott's not getting no, out of Dallas. No, there's no way in hell he's getting out of Dallas. It Alex Smith? South. No. Uh no, I don't uh, Mariota? Keep going south. Keep going, uh, Jameis Winston. Yeah, my he, guy. He got his eyes tested. Yeah, did you
2: hear that? He, they're fixed. They're, his eyes are apparently fixed. Now he's going to throw fifty touchdowns and ten picks for the Bears next year.
1: Boy, he, 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 watching him play trends. If you're if you're a Buccaneers fan, and I don't know a single one of them, how frustrating that got to be, right? Oh, because yes. some of the stuff he does is like, oh my god, wow, is this kid ever good? And then the very next series,
2: interception, yes. pick six. I mean, how can you throw that football, right? So you he like Winston's? too guy. He's my guy. Out of, am I crazy to think I'd rather have Jameis Winston over Tom Brady? Mm. Yes, <laughs>
1: yes. I I, surface, I thought about it. Yeah, I thought about it long and hard. Forty-two year old Tom Brady for two years. I don't know.
2: I don't know what's left in that tank. He was just not it. good this year. No, that's There's just no it. No way. To slice it up and say that he mm-hmm. had a good season. No. He looked old many times mm-hmm. throughout the year. And this was. And he's had bad receivers over the years. Yes. Right. But he was able to find a way. Correct. Or make them good. And he's had offensive linemen
1: go down throughout mm-hmm. the season in the past. This was, this was different. This was different. It feels like it's the end. Give me Jameis. Give me Jameis. All I don't right. Think we'll the take bear's time money to do it, though. Uh, what will he want?
2: Four years, 60.
1: Well, Teddy Bridgewater wants 30. Per, per season. Per season. Four years, 90? There you go. You're getting a little warmer. Miller and Condon, until noon, final segment coming up. We'll tell you just about a remarkable, remarkable story. I'll do it right now. Uh, Ryan Newman, pictures of him and his two daughters. Yeah. Trent, he doesn't even have a scratch on him. Now, again... He's wearing his hospital garb. You mm-hmm. see him from the his torso up, and all, but nothing on his face at all. I get that he was wearing his helmet, but wouldn't you think that, you know, if you what, witness what we witnessed, and he's he's walking around. A Couple days later, it's unbelievable and great. I mean, perfect ending. Mm-hmm. We'll take time out, come back and finish it up, Miller and Condon until noon. Des Moines Sports Station fourteen sixty KXNO, and now on one hundred six point three FM bourbon whiskey. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO.
3: And now on 106.3 FM.
1: Hi, welcome back. Final couple of minutes of the program. Miller and Condon with you until about five minutes to noon to be accurate. For and Andy in here at uh, 2 o'clock, the Fanatics will follow suit at 4. Uh, now, tomorrow, you've got state. Well, the next couple of days, we mm-hmm. will interrupt our show, at least the first hour of the program or thereabouts, uh, for state wrestling coverage. How much coverage will we have on the radio, I guess, between now and championships?
2: We will get things started tomorrow morning with the opening round in Class 3A. It'll be the first round, take you up until about 11 o'clock. You'll take over. I'll make my way back from the well, finish off the show with you until noon. Same schedule then on Friday with the Class 3A and 2A quarterfinal round coming up, and then the state championships on Saturday night, all here on 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM, and streaming on the iHeartRadio app. Interesting. So
1: tomorrow we'll have about an hour thereabouts Mm -hmm. show, and I think Doster's going to be a part of it, is he not? Yes. Um, Look forward to that. Of course, we've got a a Hawkeye game to preview tomorrow night, as they will tip at 6. Same time as the Panthers, you said? Yeah, both teams play at 6
2: o'clock. Would have liked to see a little bit of a gap between the two at the very least. I have
1: everything, because next Tuesday, same way, right? Iowa and Iowa State are are both 6 o'clock tips Tuesday. On
2: Tuesday next yes, week. And that's Michigan State, I want to say. You are correct, because I was off this weekend before they uh go on the road to East Lansing. House of Horrors throughout the years. Yeah, it has been. By the way, that game will determine who, which one of you, of our
1: listeners. And I think the contest opens tomorrow at kxno.com. Um, our friend Dr. Stephen Fuller has given us two tickets to the final weekend home game, the Penn State game on the 29th of February. So once again, we'll ask you to go to kxno.com. And I can't, again, this opens tomorrow, but file it away. Uh, the game is sold out. It's the final weekend game of the year at Carver. We'll ask you for total points, both teams in Michigan State. Iowa next Tuesday, and then the tiebreaker will be Garza, I'm sure, points and assists uh, closes without going over, and if you're that person, you'll get two tickets to Penn State, Iowa, on the 29th of February. All right, tonight, Trent Conn, you had a decent night last night. Yeah, it was okay. You didn't didn't crush them, but you certainly came out on the winning end. A Small winner.
2: I uh, kept my head above water, which has been a rarity over the last week and been. a half or so. So is that the turnaround, or is that the best and right back down you go? What have you got tonight? Do you have a play tonight? I got a bunch of plays tonight, but the ones I guess I like, be- first of all, always start Big Ten, Big 12, MVC. I always mm-hmm. look at those conferences, know those conferences the best. That's where I go. What do you think of the Big Ten tilts tonight? I like Rutgers at home at the rec.
1: Uh What's the line? Michigan gets how many? Two and a half. Two and a half, okay. It's and then slight Minis- number, so I'm and- going
2: to take Rutgers at home. Okay, and then you're taking Minnesota at home to bounce back over Indiana? I'm not. That's a stay away for me. If I had to lean, in fact, I think I might be Indiana's side, but I just don't like that number, don't like that spread, so that's a stay away. The Big 12. K-State, Texas Tech. I don't know if there's another game, is there? There is. And it is the grossest game that I can imagine. TCU-Texas.
1: Oh, boy. TCU-Texas. Two Texas.
2: awful offenses. Two teams playing bad. Yes. Gross. I am not going to watch, hopefully, a second of that garbage this evening. NBC, nothing real big there. My favorite play of the night, though, is a team that has been very good to me as of late: Fray McCaffrey's old team, mm. the Siena Saints. Mm-hmm. They've been so incredible. they've got to be early, I would think, right? Yeah, I believe so. I don't know the start time on it. I do know... 6 o'clock ESPN 3. I the don't bet know. is already locked in, though, on this ah, one. They're yeah. favored by 5 at home against Iona. You think Iona, well, that's been a pretty good program. They're not very good this year, but the biggest difference maker, Siena, has been a completely different team at home this year. The Siena Saints, my play of the night. And you're giving five, laying the five. Laying the five. This right. I know you like to keep an eye on my bets, and then, I do. And then you just kind of live
1: vicariously through you as, <laughs> as they
2: come up on the wrong end of things.
1: I don't. Yeah, you know, I'm not that guy. I don't No, I, I, don't, I know there's a lot of people out there that get a kick out of some. One of your buddies goes up. In oh flames. yes, right. Yeah. I don't get
2: it. Why? Yeah, you, Why want them to be on be that the other way? side.
1: Why be that way? I don't get it. All right, Murph and Andy, you too. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Rob Doster will be here uh, from Watch Stadium as well as NBCSports.com. Uh, look forward to going around college basketball with him. Of course, we'll get a good preview of the Hawks tomorrow night. Six o'clock tip for them. Does the doggies win tonight?
2: I think they get it done. I would lay the four in that spot. I feel good about them in the Nap Center. And uh, tomorrow, the return of the NBA. I'm sure. What you got? Probably a half hour devoted to that. Not so much. Not gonna, gonna watch my much.
1: Jets struggle to find a way into the playoffs. That'll be You're still holding on to hope. Well they're ninth. They won last night, beat the Kings. We'll see. We shall see. I don't think the Blackhawks are making it. I don't think the Wild are gonna make it. The Jets aren't gonna make it. So the three local teams. I think the Blues might be. Blues are probably. A little bit in. higher
2: than the Jets in the pecking order. Indeed,
1: they are. Murphy and Andy speaking of higher up in the pecking order. They'll be here at 2. Fanatics at 4. Morning Rush will start off at Thursday, tomorrow morning at 6. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXO and 106.3.